Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you again for tuning in. I am Jason. And I am John. And I'm waiting with, with bated breath to see what gets canceled next. <laughs> Cancel culture is in full force as we have canceled more games in the NCHC due to COVID. Yes, and we will be talking about that in a little bit. But first... Uh, we got to talk about getting screwed over hard, right? <laughs> you know, apparently, apparently Mav Puck, the Twitter account, which Bridget runs, as you know, during the games, was the topic of conversations on a North Dakota message board about how we were totally wrong about that, how we were totally wrong about getting screwed over at the end of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... Uh... That was crap, I think. But you know, what do I know? Look, I I, I understand all the uh, the uh, slide rule and propeller heads on the internet were like, well, it actually was a penalty. I understand that. It's kind of like football, though, where you could call holding on basically you know every play from scrimmage. The fact of the matter is, you've got a tie game. It's at the end of the season. Couple minutes left to go. Do you, as a referee? Swallow your whistle unless there's something particularly egregious in a game. You know, when I was in Colorado and we were, it was on the the high school league that we played in had basically just different committees that kind of oversaw stuff. And I was on the committee that oversaw um, disciplinary actions and refereeing. And I remember the guy that ran that and him saying, you know, essentially in the last five minutes of any hockey game or an overtime, you know, you kind of treat it the same. He said, if it's not a seven on a scale of one to 10, it doesn't get blown. Because the last thing you want is what we had, which is the focus on on who won that game, the focus on the outcome is not on the players that are on the ice, but it's on the referee and the call that he decided to make. And like you said, there were at least a handful of chances that he could have made that same call earlier in the game, and they decided not to. Right, and and here's the thing. I'm not saying UNO would have won if that hadn't been called. We may very well have lost if there had been no penalty called. That's not really the issue here. The issue for me is about, I guess it's about the integrity of the game. And, and again, I don't, it, it, whether the shoes on the other foot, fine. I mean, it, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I just, I'd like to see them play, especially this time of year as we're kind of getting down to the nitty gritty. We haven't gotten to see as much hockey as we normally get to see during seasons. Games getting canceled because of COVID games, just getting canceled because they're too hard to schedule all of this has been going on, and I would just love to see the teams play, regardless of the outcome. I didn't necessarily go into that game thinking, you know, UNO was going to win. We'd just gotten swept in a tough series at North Dakota. They're a very good, very talented team. We've, uh, when you look at our record this year, we've had most of our success against the teams in the lower half of the conference. You know, we've only won a couple of games against teams in the effort conference. We won one against North Dakota a few weeks ago, and we won one against St. Cloud in the pod. And then we had a tie against Duluth and a, a an, an over, you know, a, a, an extra 
extra shootout. I think it was a shootout victory that we had against uh, Duluth. But again, we've just had two wins this season. So I, again, I didn't go into it. I just like to see him play. It's the final home game. It's the last one we got to see. There were a lot of hoops we had to jump through to go to those games because of COVID. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not here asking for preferential treatment or anything. And again, I know fans on the other side will be upset about that, but I just like to see him play. And, and as, as we get in the postseason here coming up in a, a week or so, I, I'd still just, that's what I'd like to see. I, I don't share your belief that we wouldn't have won had that call not happened. Momentum was definitely on our side. Well, and yeah, we were playing well heading into that, but also like you, North Dakota, I mean, if you take away their empty net goal, all of their goals were on the power play. Five on five, we played them well. And so, yeah, I really, I believe like it was easily, you know, worst case scenario, we get to overtime with them. You know, and then we see what happens. But um, I just feel like that call determined the game, you know. And right. it was not a, you know, it was not a clear cut 7 out of 10, as I said, you know, kind of penalty. That was a 50-50 call that you chose not to make earlier in the game and then decided to make late in the game. And like you said, there's it's two sides to every story, you know, Fan UNO fans and North Dakota fans will all see it, you know, differently. I wouldn't doubt that there's some UNO fans that think that it was a good call to make, and you know, it was stupid of of us to to put them in that position or something. So, so I can I can feel every you know corner of that debate, but I just personally think that that call shouldn't have been made that late in the game, that much of a borderline kind of call, and. You know, I would go the same way because that power play ends with their goal and they turn around and give UNO, you know, an opportunity on the power play. And I thought that was a, you know, well, we gave them their chance. So we have to get right. Them it yours. was it was and kind of a makeup call. Calls were yep. fixed. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate those. Like, I don't yep. like the fact that we got that. Like, I just don't like that concept. And I think I would have preferred it if both power, both penalties um, never happened. Just wipe them off the board and, and let the guys play five on five through the end of the game. I mean, you're under two minutes left. Like just go five on five. I just completely let them agree. play it out. I completely agree. And, and my apologies to all the listeners for Jason and I jumping to the last two minutes of the third period <laughs> without talking about the other, uh, the other, uh, oh, two, got to that. Yeah. The other two periods. And we hadn't gotten to that. I, I mean, it had been a, it had been an interesting game for UNO through the first two periods. We were down two to one. Obviously, a one goal lead is very very doable. I didn't know what was going to happen going into the third. I did not know if we uh, if we would do like we have done in third periods uh, in the, the some of the second half series where we've uh, made a charge back and done well. We we obviously did that. We were able to tie it up uh, late in the third period, but. Um, early on, I was not sure what was going to happen. And obviously North Dakota was playing without three of their, their best players, Jordan Kawaguchi, Grant Mismash, and Shane Pinto. So, um, and we had speculated on the last podcast about whether they would rest some of their guys since they had, uh, locked up the Penrose cup, locked up first place in the conference. They didn't necessarily need, 
uh, to win that game in Omaha last weekend. So obviously they they were without some of their some of their uh, you know some of their uh, best firepower on the roster anyway. So um, you know obviously, and again I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying you know they they were hampered a little bit. Um, we had an opportunity, but ultimately I through through two periods I I wasn't feeling confident that we would win the game. Um, yeah, you know, when it's close like that, though, you know, that there's an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I thought we were in it and we had a chance. Um, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't very optimistic after, after the first period. I thought we just didn't look sharp in the first period. Right. Um, Brock Bremer gets the tying goal early, early, early in the second period. Yep, and I really kind of expected us to jump on that. I I wanted more momentum out of that, and I think that was kind of what had me worried heading out of the second. Right. Um, you know, we're with the power play goal and the North Dakota's power play goal in the second. You know, we're we end the second the same way we ended the first, down by a goal. Um, so there's that. But you know, we come out in the third and. You know, there's a couple guys that just were really, you know, pushing the play and, you know, Jack Randall gets the, the tying goal, you know, pretty late. Yep. Was it like 17 minutes, right? Wasn't there like three? Yep. Seventeen left. 17, 17, uh, Mark in the third. So there were just, a. uh, um. A little under three minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. So when he got that, I thought, you know, he was one that he wasn't that I thought was really pushing the play in the third. And he had an opportunity just before that that didn't go, which was kind of shocking because it was a really, really good yep. opportunity. So to see him get one, like we're all happy. And then they make that, you know, the the BS call on. Uh, Come Sunberg. on, Jason. Come on, Jason. It was the totally right call to play. It was a, or it was Smallage, total... right? Was yeah, it yeah. Or, it was Smallage, wasn't oh, it? Oh, who was it? Uh... Uh... I had in my was head with Summer. Sullivan. Had... Was it Sullivan that took it? Yeah. No, Sullivan takes the cross-checking at the end with Ness, right? Um. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, Smallage. Yeah, it was Smallage. 1807. Yep. There it is. Yep. I was looking at I was yeah. looking at the wrong part of the grid. Yep. Smallage. So rather than to rehash the <laughs> the call, let's say. All right. That, that just, I want to yeah. know I want to know what you think we said that got him misconduct and kicked out cuz that one was I don't like No. They announced the misconduct. I'm like, "Misconduct on who? Like what was going on?" And I don't know how he was going down the road down the row and I was like, Oh, what did he say? <laughs> having having met him, he seems like such a mild mannered guy. I have no idea what he said. Now, if it been if it been Joey Abate, <laughs> I that would not have surprised me at all. I'd be like, this guy's an emotional player. This guy plays with his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, totally. But with with Weiss, you just I I don't know. I'm sure he was I'm sure he was pretty pretty pissed off at that point. I had someone text me and said, what do you think he said? I said, I don't know, but it probably involves something about his mother. 
<laughs> yeah. Refs don't I, like yeah. it when you talk about their mom. No, they don't. They don't. So, yeah, no idea. No idea what he said. It'd be fun to speculate, though. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, just a, a turn of events. You could, I, it was just as a fan, it felt so deflating because we were getting excited there at the end. Baxter Arena crowd. I would say it was probably the best crowd we've had. I don't know how many tickets they actually sold, but it was a really good in-person crowd. I know a lot of people came out to that final final game against North Dakota, the final home game of the season, and uh, and uh, people who had not come to a game previously during the season. So it was a it was a it was a lot of fun uh, to have that crowd and uh, and to keep my attendance streak going. I did not get COVID the whole time, so. I would like uh, to thank the fans who kept their distance, and I would like to thank the company that sent us out, you know, N95 masks, so I could, I could, <laughs> I could have that extra, extra layer of protection as opposed to one of the, you know, stylish cloth masks with the UNO logo. We weren't, we weren't leaving anything to chance there, so. So, yeah, we made that. But it was interesting. And this is a, a little side note because we talked a lot about that. We talked about this on the last podcast. They did not do any senior night ceremonies uh, at Baxter Arena. And um, it has been suggested to me that that is because they don't know which seniors might be coming back because of additional eligibility as a result of, of COVID this season. So it'll be very interesting to see, but I kind of liked the way that St. Cloud did it um, a week or two ago where they went ahead and honored their seniors, had a nice little tribute for them uh, with their final home game. And, and the head coach afterwards was like, well, we don't know which guys are coming back, but they went ahead and, and did that. So I don't know why UNO decided not to do that. Maybe they didn't want to put any ideas in their head. Like, you know, if we start celebrating the end, they might be like, Oh, let's, you know, ditch this place and go play in the ECHL this spring. You know, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think that happened, but it was interesting. It was very, very interesting. Yeah. Every year about this time is when people start speculating what's going to happen yep. to their team. And, you know, yep. uh, we, we talked about that in the last podcast. So for, for our listeners who are kind of wondering our thoughts on what might happen and who might stay and who might go type of thing, uh, Go back one episode, check that out. Yes, it's, it's the just episode. our opinion. That's all. Yep, it's just our opinion. It's the episode titled "It Ended in a Brawl," y'all. So, <laughs> the amount of debate over what we should title that episode is just—it's the stuff that long text strings are made of. So, there you go. So UNO falls. Yes. And that pretty much locks everything up for us. At least where we uh, where we will sit in the uh the NCHC standings. And then it's just a question of who we play, so we'll get to that. But before we get to that, we don't have multiple games, so we got to go off of best players in this game. Do a, I think I took the easy one last week, so are you taking the easy one this week? Well, I mean, it's a 50-50 shot. So, I mean, I'll go, I'll take, I'll take the first guy to score. I'll take Brock Bremer because he's one of my favorite players. I'll take Brock. And that was an important point early in the second to get that goal, to get the equalizing goal for UNO to make it one-to-one at that point. Uh, Brock Bremer's been an impressive player the last few weeks. He's been an impressive player all season. 
I'm going to go with Brock Bremer as a player of the game. A guy that, you know, I think the last time I picked him, he got the hat trick. So he's a guy we've talked about and picked a lot this season. So I will go ahead and I will take Brock Bremer. I had thought about taking the other gentleman who scored a goal, but I think Jason might take that player. <laughs> and unless he, unless he's going to be, you know, really, he's just kind of you never know some sort of interesting. I will say here. the one thing I like right now about Bremer is it seems like he's playing his best hockey right now, yep. which is yep. is just huge for this team because um, we really didn't talk about him a ton. Uh, in the pod at the beginning of the season, you know, even early here in the second half, you know, he's kind of turned it on here late and yeah. found some chemistry with Conley, which is uh, good to see. That really gives us kind of a one-two punch between uh, the Ward and Weiss line with, and then with Conley and Bremer. So, yep. Uh, you are correct, though. I will take Jack Randall because I thought. Uh, you know, even I think even in the second, I was thinking, you know, he's high energy. He's really skating hard. Um, him and Abate, I thought, were just when we needed when we needed to get amped up and needed some energy. It seems like those two guys just can bring it. They have good shifts when we need them to have good shifts. And, you know, it was nice to see him kind of get rewarded, especially since he had a couple of of just grade A opportunities that didn't go. And you kind of worried about, you know, does he get snake bitten a little bit in this game? And and so to see him get one in this game when he played so well, I was just um, happy to see, just really happy for the kid. Well, and it came at a really important time in the game too. And, And almost had it not been for the penalty that we talked about ad nauseum, who knows what would have happened there. So a great goal. Uh, the Michigan transfer, love to see him having success. Uh, I'm glad he was able to join the team. Interesting guy. Uh, fun to watch his comments in the postgame presser. And like you said, he and Abate both are guys who are able to flip. You know, it's like a switch thing. Just flip on and bring the energy and bring the enthusiasm out there on the ice. And that's certainly what he did in the third period. So, Yep. And Both he's another picks. one of those transfer kids that we've talked yep. about on prior podcasts that, you know, that just seem to come here and find success. And I know it's yep. a, a knock of um, Gabnet's kind of current status, we'll say, is it seems like the guys that do the, the best for UNO are guys that transfer him from someone else. So is that yep. recruiting having problems? Um are there are there issues in the pipeline kind of thing is is a question I think a lot of pundits and, and some of the writers and things out there for college hockey uh, have against the program. So um, it's nice to see Bremer come up because he can and gives you that homegrown talent. Um, Weiss and Ward, you know, two more that that are Mavs through and through. But it's nice to see these guys that you can kind of bring in and say, hey, we've got a shot for you here in Omaha. And to see them make the most of it, Conley, um, Taconic, and I know the announcers on NCHC TV talked a lot about Taconic in the last uh, series up at North Dakota. Um, you know, so it's just good to them see them kind of take advantage of the opportunity that's been presented to them and have success here. Yeah, and play really well because I mean there there have been times over the years where we've had transfers that we've been really excited about and it, they've just kind of fizzled, and so. 
And obviously, this is the changing face of college athletics, where more and more players are entering the transfer portal and moving on if they're not getting the kind of ideal opportunity that they want. And so I think we'll see that more and more. So it's uh, it's important for Gabinet and company to you know continue to keep an eye, keep a pulse on uh, those players in the transfer portal because it's really paid dividends for UNO uh, the last two seasons, and uh, it's been a very important. Uh, a very important dynamic to have on the roster. Some of those veteran players uh, who uh, didn't quite work out at the, the their first choice of school, but uh, they're making the most of their second choice. So, so we led with this, talked a little bit about it. Um, the news broke that for a third time, Colorado College, <laughs> we're gonna start. We're gonna rename them. What would you call them? COVID, COVID Rado College. COVID Rado College. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I liked, was it you or Bridget? I can't remember who in our group text that said, like, seriously, at this point in time, which player didn't have it <laughs> that just, yeah, did it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, how many players are on the roster? Probably, and I don't have their roster in front of me, but like, probably what, like 20, 25 to 30 players. On I mean, didn't they all get it at this point? I don't. Yeah, I, like. <laughs> and I saw, you know, it was funny. I saw someone that posted, like, you know, Colorado College screwed up the pod by getting COVID right before the pod started. Yeah. Um, is it exactly? Is it time yeah. to redo the the NCHC tournament because of <laughs> Colorado College? Like, I don't. I did not. Gosh, you know, every week. Well, it hasn't been every week, but it seems like every week I go into it thinking things are good, stable. It's going to be smooth sailing ahead for the rest of the season. And then boom, something comes up. Yes. (laughs) Boom. Colorado College. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I'm glad Colorado College was able to play this season because we've talked about before, like six of our wins were against Colorado College. I mean... (laughs) I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that they they played the games that they did. Thankfully, it didn't really affect the games we played against them. But boy, it. So here's what's here's what's going to happen. So Denver and Colorado College had two more games to play that they I believe they were making up from another COVID issue a few weeks ago. Right. Because I think uh, yeah. So they were supposed to play two more games, and it really it was kind of in doubt who we were going to play in the NCHC tournament. Obviously, as we mentioned earlier, UNO locked up fourth place in the NCHC. We're not going to be third place. We had locked up a, a, a top half finish a few weeks ago, which was great, but we thought maybe we might be able to get second or third. Well, we're fourth place. Well, we didn't know whether we were going to play Western or Denver. So the reason Jason and I had not recorded this podcast until and as we're sitting here, it's uh, you know Monday, March 1st when we're recording it. We were going to record it on Saturday. Jason had the idea, but I'm like, I want to see what happens in some of these games. So Western Michigan won their game against Miami. And Denver uh, won last weekend against Colorado College. So Western was in fifth place with 33 points after the weekend. Denver was in uh, fifth place, or excuse me, sixth place with 31 points. So... Some of the stuff was in doubt, but you looked at it and you're like, well, Denver's got two games coming up against Colorado College. Western Michigan, their season is done. 
So Denver has an opportunity to make up those points, but you never knew if in the last two games, suddenly out of nowhere, Colorado College might get ambitious and, and win a couple games. I didn't think that that was likely to happen. But now those games aren't going to happen. Denver and Colorado College's games are done. And as I said, Western's game season is done. And Miami, who's their travel partner, their season is done. So the bottom half of the conference is done playing this season, Jason. The top half of the conference still has some games to play. But the only one that matters is Duluth and St. Cloud, because that determines who gets two and who gets three. Right. Exactly. We play North Dakota. Some people say it's, you know, a win there could get us into the NCAA tournament. Some people say we need two wins. I'll just say this before Jason gives his astute comments. I, I love I love this line of thinking like this, 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 you know, we only need two more wins. This is assuming we even get to play two more games at this point, people. You know, we're hopefully we'll go in this weekend and play North Dakota. We haven't seemed to have a problem with North Dakota and playing games with them, except back in the end of December, early January, we did because our a series was delayed because of COVID. But one of the things that I'll say, we assume that the NCHC playoffs will go off without a hitch here in a couple weeks, Jason, then that all eight teams will make it to Grand Forks. But who knows? What if a couple of those teams in the bottom of the half of the conference, something happens with them regarding COVID, then what do you do? Then you say, well, you know, the the, the top four teams in the conference are healthy, so we're just going to skip that first round and we're just going to go to the quarterfinals or semifinals or whatever, and we're just going to have, you know, North Dakota play Omaha and St. Cloud State play Duluth and Boom, the winner of those two games will play for the NCHC championship and we're done. I mean, I don't I don't know if that'll happen, but it's it's a very, very interesting thing the next few weeks. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I know I kind of uh, rambled a little bit there, but Yeah, it, I don't know. I saw someone post that I can't remember where it was. Um but I saw someone post like penalty for Caro College. And I know it sucks for Miami too, but why don't we just cut it down and say, okay, North Dakota plays. Their argument was North Dakota plays Western Michigan right now. St. Cloud would play Denver and we would get Duluth and just have the six teams (laughs) kind of battle it out in this like crazy bracket thing that they had going on. And I'm just sitting there going, because their argument is, is like if we're canceling the games this week because of COVID at Cairo College, like this really throws into question what not only whether or not you can have the tournament the way that you've planned, but also do you risk it? Like, do you really want to bring in Cairo College into North Dakota to play one game against? you know, Duluth, St. Cloud, North Dakota, whoever. Yeah. You know, let's say, let's say they come in and play North Dakota, right? Right. And then North Dakota has a positive case come up. And now North Dakota's NCAA tournament is in jeopardy because they've got positive cases at North Dakota. Yeah, I know it's. Do you risk that? Like if you're North Dakota, what do you say? Hey, we got, you know, because I know I've heard their fans, right? They feel like they got right. screwed out of the the 2020 championship because they were going to just you sure. know, roll tide and all the way through. 
Um, right. And, you know, I always say, well, you didn't play the game, so you don't get credit for any of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I hear them. Like, they don't want to lose out on both of them. Like, can you imagine the storyline of being, you know, you were one of the top teams, a good chance at winning the NCAA, the NCHC tournament, and, you know, another national championship last year, uh, only to have COVID cancel everything. And then this year, you've got another shot at it. And Kara College came in and infected you. And now you <laughs> couldn't even be in the tournament. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. This is, this is, this is the just, it's, and so this is, this is where I, this is where I get a little frustrated. Look, I, I've looked at us as a team ever since we were playing in the pod that I thought we looked like an NCAA tournament team. And I feel like we should be an NCAA tournament team. And I don't know if that'll take one win, as some have suggested, or two wins, as others have suggested, or no wins. Maybe, maybe we're fine right now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we need to win, you know, two games and, you know, a period of hockey. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe I... we just need to have a, I mean, you know, it's, it, that's what's so hard. And what's so hard about this is that you've just got unequal numbers of games played within conferences and across conferences. I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at like hockey East right now and Boston college has played 20 games, but Boston university has played 13 games. And it's just, it's, it's just a bizarre situation. Cause how do you make that equitable when you're, when you're determining the answer? I mean, UNO played more games at Baxter Arena than some of these teams have played games the entire season. You know, we played 17 right. games at Baxter. Granted, some of them were neutral site games, but you know what I'm saying? It's it's so weird. And I don't know when you bring in the human factor, because they're not going to really be able to use the pairwise, which is straight math, mathematical comparisons, which I like because it takes the guesswork out of it. And suddenly they make it like, you know, men's division one basketball and... Uh, you know, power five football where suddenly the human element comes in. It'll make great fodder for us to talk about, you know, on this podcast and on Twitter and on Facebook. But the question is, does it, does it throw everything off and where do you place teams and how do you make it? You know what I'm saying? It's. There's pros and cons to it. You know, I, I know people have always said that I, I know a lot of my friends that are big college football fans have always said like, it would be great if, um, college football was done the way hockey was, where it was it was a mathematical formula. And right. if you got in, you got in because you won the games you needed to win. Right. Uh, and you played well against the teams that should have beat you type of situation. Um, you know, as opposed to this person's opinion of, of what happened. But, you know, this is a year and then things are strange and now you're in a situation where your resume building, right? Because it's not yep. a case of, okay, you know, we can run the numbers and know if this happens, if that happens, this is, you know, where we go or the odds. Like a lot of times this time of year, people start doing the odds that you get in, you know, based on how you're going to perform and how other teams are going to perform. You know, it's just mathematically, you know, is there a good chance that we get in or not? And you know, realistically, you know, I've talked to some of my friends that have, you know, they know the people that are going to make the decisions. Uh, they're, you know, they're friends with those types of people. So I try to kind of pick their brain on like, where are, 
what's the current temperature um, as far as this is just because it's such a weird year and trying to figure out like, you know, usually I ask him like, Hey, what do you, where do you think we're going to play? Because it's like, we're in or we're not. Right. And now it's just right. like, are we even going to get in? Um, right. and it was interesting to hear, to have him, you know, message me back and say, Hey, well, you know, UNO's a bubble team. You know, there's a chance that we don't, don't get in. There's a chance that we do, um, I don't know that it takes a lot of wins for us to get in. I, I, I think, you know, one one victory that doesn't look like we slopped our way through or stole something um, is probably what it's going to mean, you know, to get into their heads of, like, this is a team that, that's going to be competitive. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to matchups. Like, they don't want... If you remember back to UNO's first uh, Frozen, Frozen Four, the first NCAA tournament that they got to, right? In 2006 in Worcester. Uh, against Boston. Yep, against Boston University. And we got slaughtered. Yeah, like, I think it was 9-2. We, we were not ready. We were outclassed. That team just had us right. every step, every turn, right? Like, that was, they, with everything that's gone on with COVID and the reliance that this tournament's going to have on two things, Je the TV. TV revenue. Right. And the storyline behind it. So here's yeah, the deal that he said, like this, this tournament is like, we've seen if you, if you're a UNO or a North Dakota fan, you've seen North Dakota play UNO so many times. The last thing you're going to want is a North Dakota UNO kind of matchup. So you're now looking at what are the other top four, the, the other three of the top four seeds and how does UNO kind of match up to them? Or does UNO win, you know, two games, three games, you know, make it to the the conference finals against North Dakota and lose to North Dakota in the conference finals or something like that? Like, if UNO does something like that, you're no longer talking about them being a four seed versus a one seed in one of the regionals. You're now talking them about them being a three or maybe a two seed. And then it's out of, you know, it's out of the committee's hands. You know, essentially, it's the one through threes in each of them are pretty much set. It's just a question of those last four teams that get in are going to be completely dependent on someone's opinion of how that game is going to go. Well, and, and the idea, too, is is you have to understand, like when they do it with the pairwise rankings, they always try to preserve bracket integrity. You know, there it's that's what it's all about. Well, you don't really have the pairwise this time. So the question is, the question is. Do you preserve integrity or do you do you look at at kind of manipulating it so there are some interesting one and four matchups? And obviously there are upsets uh, periodically when you see one team's getting upset by you know a team from Atlantic hockey or the WCHA or something like that. So the question is, do they do they try to make it? Do they try to make the storyline more interesting? Is is that going to be a factor in here? Or are they going to try to keep teams geographically located so that they're going to regionals close to home in case there are COVID issues or to try to minimize COVID issues when traveling. Uh, you know, I've heard, you know, I, I've, I've heard from some people that the idea is that a, you know, a plane ride's a plane ride. So it doesn't matter whether they, you know, you're a team in the West and you have to travel to Albany or you're a team in the East and you have to travel to Loveland, Colorado. So I just think there's a lot right now, like you were talking about, there's a lot right now that's in flux that we just don't know. 
I think UNO, considering the conference that they play in, considering how how well they've played overall this season, I think they should be in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, I'm not on the committee, so I don't know um, what will happen. I just always find it funny because every year, even when the pairwise is in force, you know, it's we only need to win one of our next five games. <laughs> just keep winning because you don't know the 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 Colorado College example or the COVID Rado College example is a prime example of you just don't know what your next game is going to be. So don't necessarily count on it, you know? Well, and I think that if I was coach, you know, that's kind of one of the things I would preach to the guys is you you know, we're playing this game because at this point in time, like, you know, we still have got four or five days that can, you know, put in flux, whatever happens at the end of the season. So that's out of your control, right? What can you control? You can control how you prepare and how you accept and move forward to the situation that's your handed. Right. So I would, I would be there telling them like, look, we're going to play this game today. We're playing against North Dakota. Um, if this is the last game that you play, right? You know, for some of the seniors, if this is your last game at at UNO, is this how you want to be remembered? Is this the right. game that you want to play? Is this the way that you want to play? Is this how you want people to remember? You know, your time at UNO. Um, you know, because some of these guys may move on. Some of these guys may graduate. Some of them may right. just say, "I'm done." Um, yep. You know, I, I think they really need to, to kind of go all out and just say, even from a tournament standpoint, like, you know, this is your chance. You may never, you know, they talk about it, you know, every year with the Stanley Cup and the NHL, right? Like, you can't right. guarantee that next year your team is going to be as successful as they are this year. So if you want to win the Cup and you're in the playoffs, this is a year to do it. And you have to play like that's what you're going to do. And I just that that's the mindset I think that they need to have uh, if they want any chance at being successful. Right. And I I just look at it. I just look at it. And I, obviously I'm looking at it from the fan perspective. But you look at the teams that we've defeated this season. And yes, we've taken care of business against the teams that we should have had success again, like the aforementioned Colorado College. We played six games against them this season. That's not something we normally do during a regular season, and we won all six. We went 6-0. and um, You know, we played Miami, who's also down at the bottom of the conference. We went 1-1 one and one against them. But against the big teams in the conference, your St. Clouds, your Duluths, and, of course, North Dakota, who we've played a considerable number of games in the second half, you know, we've only won two of those games against the teams in the top half of the conference. So when I'm looking at it as a team, I would like to, I'd just like to see them go out there and prove to everybody that, you know, they're, they're not in the top half of the conference because of some odd, you know, fluke. And as far as scheduling went, and as far as the, the divisions that they played in, in the second half and the pod in the first half, getting played at Baxter arena, as opposed to another venue, I'd like them to prove that they can take out some of this top competition. And you have an opportunity to beat one of the best teams in college hockey, if not the best team in college hockey in Grand Forks this weekend. Um, you know, and I, I'd love to see him do that. That's that's what I'd like to see him do. Before we start thinking about the NCAA tournament, because who knows, who knows what will happen with those games. I mean, things could get canceled. Things could get rearranged. 
you know, they, they may, they may whittle it down from 16 teams to fewer teams because there are a bunch of teams that have COVID after playing in conference tournaments and whatnot. And they might be like, you know what, let's, let's cut this thing down to 12 teams maybe, or, or even fewer teams because we just want to get the season done, get it in and, uh, you know, not have to keep delaying things, especially with NCAA basketball going on at the same time. At least I think it's going to be going on at the same time. There's just a lot of, there's just a lot of variables. So I just want them to see, play every game like it's their last. Treat every game like that. Because it may be, as you mentioned, their last. So shall we talk about the next game or? <laughs> yeah, let's talk. <laughs> or, or, or we don't want to jinx. We don't want to jinx. You know, what's our prediction? Win, loss, tie, or COVID. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think we need to throw in the COVID option, right? <laughs> well, you know, it, it seems to, you know, like a bad habit, it seems to keep coming back. So North Dakota on the schedule again, as we've talked about potential... Uh, there's something for UNO to play for. There's not really much for North Dakota to play for. I think, you know, they're looking at it as just, you know, stay sharp and and uh, not lose your edge going into the, the tournament because the last thing they want to do is, you know, lose the NCHC tournament because they were, you know, poor in, in preparation and, and lazy in execution. So they're going to be out just to... You know, work on some things, refine some things, but, you know, ultimately a loss doesn't hurt them at all. Yeah, and I, if I recall correctly, I believe this season and last season they've only lost one game at North Dakota, and that was the 2019-20 season against UNO. So we were the, we were the last team, last team, uh, if my calculation's correct. Yeah, they've said that on the broadcast. To beat them there. Too. Okay, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I predicted wins, if I predicted wins like every game we played against them when we won one, what am I going to do here? Uh, let's see. I'm, you know what? You're right. We do have more to play for. I hope they come out and make a statement this weekend, and I think they are capable of winning. I'm sure that North Dakota will be resting. Um, some of their starters again this weekend, uh, and maybe it's different players. The rest, I don't have any idea. It's senior night for them. I don't know if they're going to honor their players or they're going to take the approach that UNO did with the idea that some of them may be coming back this next season. I don't have any idea. I'm going to just looking at the matchup. I just think North Dakota's awfully difficult to beat in grand forks. Um, I don't know. I still think the fact that we aren't playing for positioning, that we know we're going to be in fourth place. I don't know that there's that much motivation for the team there. Now, maybe there's motivation having heard what we both have heard, that UNO needs to win either one game or two games going forward. So maybe that'll provide the extra motivation this weekend in Grand Forks. But I am going to say, sadly, that we lose the game four to two up at Grand Forks on Friday, March 5th. 
do you want to predict a score in there or I I said four to two. Oh, sorry, I missed that. No, that's that's okay. no, that's fine. That's that's why. That's Isn't fine. that what the last game was? Four to two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was because the internet. Yeah. And so just just for yeah, on February nineteenth we lost in Grand Forks four to one, and then February twentieth we lost in Grand Forks seven to one. So. If, At if least that, you didn't if that say helps seven you. to one. <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but I don't know. I, I don't like this feeling of me having to be the uh, optimistic one. Well, I've let you, I've let you, I've let you do this the last few games. I let you predict to North Dakota sweep when we played up there uh, on February nineteenth and twentieth. So, so I decided to be the pessimistic one this time, and uh, I'm not, I'm not feeling terribly optimistic after the Colorado College announcement. So there's that. Well, then I'm going to have to take the optimistic approach, and I okay. am going to say that I'm going to say that we win. I think that we have something to prove. I think that we have something to play for. I think this team is better than the two losses up there, and I think they're going to try to prove that they're a threat. And so I'm going to say that UNO wins five to one. I think it's just going to be a, a we figured things out and wait, whoa, you're <laughs> hold it. You, you say we're going to win. Wow. That would be, that would be fantastic. Thought. So Jason just predicted that UNO is going to roll into Grand Forks and win five to one. Wow. That's that's what I said. <laughs> how many of their starters are how many of their starters are they uh are they uh resting? Are they scratching to, I, to make that five to one? <laughs> I suspect they'll be scratching quite a few. I think we'll see uh we'll see the three that sat before, uh barring any injuries to them. I think you know, they're not gonna want them to go in cold. But I would not I would even if they play, I suspect it'll be limited minutes for a lot of their top couple lines. Okay. So Jason's going five to one. I like that pick. That's a, that's a very, very optimistic pick. And look, I think they're capable of doing it. They're going to need to play probably their best game of the season. They're going to need to play disciplined hockey. And that's the one thing. We see flashes of brilliance from the UNO team, and we've seen it throughout this season. So they can do it, and they can get it done. I'm not sure it'll happen, as my prediction uh, stipulated, but uh, I would love to see them win 5-1, to one, as Jason is predicting. And I, sh I will mention here that despite the fact that uh, Western Michigan will finish with more points in the NCHC standings this season in conference play than Denver, because Denver has the better uh, winning percentage, correct, Jason? Because Denver has the better winning percentage in the conference. They will be the fifth seed, correct. They will be the fifth seed. I, I still don't know how that works, but that's weird to me because Western Michigan finishes the season 10, 11, and 3, and Denver finishes it 9, 12, and 1. So there you go. I... Yeah. 
it, the belief is always that given the opportunity, they would have ended with more points. I firmly believe that they would have ended with more points had they gotten to play those two games. Yep. So that's who we're going to play. So we've got we've got some things to look forward to playing Grand or playing North Dakota in Grand Forks and then the following weekend playing our nemesis Denver in Grand Forks. So it'll be exciting. One way or the other, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And those are those are two of the toughest teams that we play on a on a seasonal basis. So right, th- this is you know people who are saying UNO needs to get one win or needs to get two wins. They need to get a couple wins against against a couple of very good teams that have uh, you know Denver's a little bit down this season, but a, a couple of teams that have have uh, proven challenging for UNO the last few seasons. Well, we'll uh, we'll see if we play this game against North Dakota, and then we'll be back to talk about <laughs> where things shake up. I think the big part will just be, you know, what information comes out of the NCHC uh, as it pertains to the tournament and how they move forward, and then we'll have a yep. complete picture about what we can expect the following weekend. Yeah, exactly. We just don't know. So much is in flux, but we do the best we can around here. So be sure to follow. Mavpuck on Facebook, Mavpuck on Twitter for all of the breaking news from the NCHC. We try to uh, share that and tweet that uh, as as it uh, becomes available. And until next week's podcast, go Mavs. Go Mavs.